Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mornings are hard. Your sports radio show doesn't have to be. I'm so happy you guys are still alive. I am excited. I Laugh and learn every morning aboard the mothership. It's gonna be a good day with DA. Hey, duh. I do love the duh. Happy being alive day. Mornings on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah. Yeah, happy being alive day, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. A good Wednesday to you coming your way in 20 minutes. Another edition of Fatherhood at the Movies. And this time around, I'm giving you a sports team equivalent to all of the movies that we're counting down today. Also in 40 minutes. Did the Heat dodge a Kyrie Irving-sized bullet? But last night in Vegas, the Golden Knights become Stanley Cup champions in just their sixth year of existence. The noble charge from Bill Foley was cut in six. They talk about dreaming. The Golden Knights are going to make that dream a reality. A devotion to destiny. Misfits to champions. The Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup in 2023. Can't even describe the feelings in my in my stomach right now. It's everything you can imagine. Uh, the grind of an 82-game season, four playoff rounds. You grind and you grind and you grind, and at the end of the day, the last team standing. It's, it's incredible. The call courtesy of TNT. That was Mark Stone after the victory. 
the Vegas Golden Knights were so much better than the Panthers. And the Panthers had a bit of a Cinderella run here. They were not even expected to make the playoffs with a couple of weeks to go. When they did, they faced off against a team with a historically great regular season, the Boston Bruins, and came back from down in a deficit in that series to, to win, including a Game 7 in Boston. So at that point in time, the Panthers kind of were playing with house money. Once they got through the number one seeded Bruins, everything else was just gravy. They made it all the way to the Stanley Cup Final, where they just ran into a much better team. And for the Golden Knights, there was a couple of things that were amazing here. Number one, the fact that they won a Stanley Cup in their sixth year suggests an amazing roster build and franchise build in a short amount of time. I mean, think about how many organizations have been waiting forever for a Stanley Cup, let alone a quick six-year period from start to finish. Think about all of our Canadian hockey teams that they've all been waiting minimum since 1993. Some of them have never won the Stanley Cup. And they invest resources upon resources upon resources for fan bases that are, I mean, feverish for a cup, let alone a happy-go-lucky Knights fan base that got their first professional team and now have been to two Stanley Cup final in just the first six years. So it speaks to amazing ownership by Bill Foley. It speaks to great hockey operations. And this roster was dominant. This roster came in waves. It was great offensively. It was great defensively. And they just had so much talent top to bottom. And offensively, my goodness, they they were an avalanche. Every single night, it just felt like Sergei Bobrovsky was under duress right from the opening faceoff. Now, Marez, you would know this better than me. Aiden Hill, who ends up being the Stanley Cup winning goaltender for the Knights, he was their fifth string goalie? Yeah, they've had a bizarre year at goalie. Remember, they traded for Jonathan Quick at the deadline. They could not get this goalie situation straight at all. So that was the odd thing. They were a team that could not find goaltending all year, and Aiden Hill didn't start playing until the second round. So that's such a unique situation because oftentimes the Cup is defined, decided by whoever has the best goaltending. And that sometimes mediocre teams that just happen to have a great goaltender for two months end up winning a Stanley Cup. In this case, it was the opposite, that the Knights actually overcame sloppy goaltending and inconsistent goaltending the entire season. Yeah, that was thought to be their bugaboo, which is why, again, it was when they traded for Jonathan Quick, who was a history of winning Stanley Cups, people thought, all right, last gasp, they get him, maybe that'll solve their issues, and he ends up not being the guy. So Aiden Hill took over in the second round? Yes. And then never looked back? Never looked back and played out of control well. So he was great. It wasn't just that they were getting six, seven, nine goals per game. Look, I, I don't think that you'll go back and qualify this as like John Sebastian. John Sebastian Jaguer, I went with the harder name there, kind of run with the Ducks. They definitely won because of their offense, but the goalie was not a net negative from the second round, though. So is Aiden Hill now their guy moving forward? How can he not be? How can he not be? This actually is very reminiscent in a similar way to uh, Bennington from the Blues when they won the Cup. He was a rookie, but he played earlier than the second round. And, you know, he now has become the Blues goalie. So the Knights, they not only proved to be a great team because of the depth of their weapons, but also that they could survive and advance without really steady goaltending until they found a guy, and now they found a guy. So they are... They're a machine. The second part, though, of this is 
how unique the Vegas situation is specifically. Because we have had a lot of hockey expansion over the last 30 years. When hockey first went into the Sun Belt, you had the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the Panthers still are without a cup 30 years later. Now, the Lightning did eventually get cups, but it was well past their initial evolution. You had the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, who, again, by the time they won a cup, they were no longer even the Mighty Ducks. The Columbus Blue Jackets slash Jackrabbits, who have not tasted that type of glory. The Ottawa Senators, who are an expansion team, who had some good teams, but again, early on when they were an expansion team, were not very good. It has traditionally taken expansion hockey teams a long time to finally get their crap together to win a Stanley Cup. And in this case, it was overnight. I mean, this team has made Stanley Cup finals twice and Western Conference finals almost every year. And they've done so in a town which was not used to having a team to call their own. A team of transients, a team of transplants and people that are relocated. Maybe a, a city that has been mostly tourism dollar had its own. And I think that's a really cool part of this and something that the Raiders and potentially the A's will never be able to replicate. That the Vegas Golden Knights are of Vegas. Their first game was in front of Las Vegas residents and natives. And those season ticket holders are not the pretty people that come through Vegas and do shows. It's not a bunch of tourists. It's not a bunch of people in for the weekend. Of course, that's part of the fan base that, that go to games. But most of the fan base is people that grew up in Las Vegas or are from Las Vegas that finally got a team of their own. And that's such a unique situation. And I think you can tell the Golden Knights, more than the Raiders will ever do or the A's will ever do, embodied the city because they were of the city. They were they were built for the city. It wasn't a team that had a previous incarnation that came there. That pregame laser light show, the theatrics, the stage, the drama, all of that, it could be seen as, as cheesy, which is many ways that's what Vegas is, but it is very of Vegas. And so this championship is an eye-opener for the rest of the NHL. Look at what good ownership and good hockey ops does. Okay, they had a, they had a better expansion roster and a ex better expansion team than most expansion squads have had in NHL history, right? I mean, that... Yes. The NHL did some favors for the Knights that they did not do for previous expansion teams. I forget the machinations. Machinations. Machinations of it, but they, they definitely changed the way that you did an expansion draft that would benefit the Golden Knights to get right. good quick. It's a better roster then. But this is this can be done and done quickly, and the Knights have been a model franchise, and expansion teams are never the model franchises. And now they have a Stanley Cup. And now the Stanley Cup has etched in it, or will, Las Vegas Golden Knights in the most historic trophy that we have. So that's a pretty cool story. 855-212-4CBS. Lee is in San Diego this morning here on the DA Show. Lee, good morning. 
Hey, how you doing, bro? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, um, I want to just talk about the San Diego Chargers. Uh, I mean, the San Diego and Oakland fans, they're losing their teams. Okay. And it's so it's so sad, man. I, I mean, I lost my Clippers and my Chargers to L.A., and Oakland is losing, lost their Raiders. They went to L.A., and they came back to Oakland. Now they're in Las Vegas. And I... I never thought I'd say this, but I feel sorry for Oakland fans. Yeah, you should. They did nothing wrong. People see an empty coliseum and figure that people don't care about the A's. That's not what this is. The owner basically waged war against his own fan base, driving them away to make it easier for him to move. But last night proved A's fans still care. They They want their team to stay, but they don't have a choice in this. Yeah, I always wanted my team to stay. I I wanted my San Diego Chargers to stay. I'm sure. Yeah, nobody wants to lose their teams. It just sucks, man. I I, I can relate to their pain. I bet. It's like, I'm in San Diego here, and I'm still rooting for the Chargers and the Clippers. Because I had 20 years of season tickets for the Chargers. But it changes. You're right. It changes. You can have 20 years rooting for that team, and maybe they still have the same jerseys or the same name. They're still the Clippers or the Chargers, but it is not the same. I know what you mean, man. Thank you, Lee. Appreciate the phone call. We'll do a little bit more on the A's situation because last night was the reverse boycott, and it was it was a real show of solidarity and support. 28,000 people went out there. They've been averaging 8,000 people a game. They got 28 because people wanted to say, hey, it's not that we don't care. We care. We want this team. Sad, sad situation. Coming up on Friday, the Bob's Bar Show. We are two days away, 47 hours away from the Bob's Bar Show. And last year, we had a smattering of listeners that came. This year, I have a feeling it's going to be more like a small army. And we've been tracking the weather. Early in the week, it looked really good. Then yesterday, it looked a little daunting. The weather, though, forecast has turned for the better for us right now. Maybe a spot shower or partly cloudy, but mostly dry, which is what we're looking for. Because the last thing we're as we want to do on Friday is get your mom all up in arms of people tracking dirt or mud into the house to use the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. If, if only you guys could know the stress behind the scenes of me playing liaison between the show and householders, uh, there's a lot going on. Yes, it's the last thing we need. Right now, forecast calls for afternoon thunderstorms. That'd be good for us. Have we talked to Bob, have you talked to Bob, about making the booker? Uh, uh, yes, he said, I'll, I'll make whatever you need, which led to it. I, I could share more. It led to text from my mom yesterday about, did I buy any food? I, I'm told it. Don't worry about it. I'm getting stuff. So today I'm under a lot of pressure because apparently they need to see how much room they need in the fridge for me to deliver them whatever food we need Friday morning. I can bring food as well. Yeah, I figure we go over this post-show what we're doing. The booker because we had Badlands Booker on, and he's going to come on Friday. He's going to deliver a big belch into your face and slap you with a kielbasa, maybe others as well. We'll see. But Booker's favorite sando 
is egg, sausage, cheese on a bulky roll, right? Did on he say Kaiser bulky roll? roll? Kaiser? Am I lost? I thought we were putting this on French toast. Or is that Andy Reid? No, Andy. that was Andy Reid with a Monte Cristo. That's right. But I thought we put a twist on it and we changed the booker to something. Well, there was ketchup on it. Okay. Wow, my brain is fried. I thought we had ev- evolutionized the booker to something else. Okay, probably some kind of roll, a Kaiser roll of some sort. Yeah. Okay, so we need to get those rolls in the house. Wow. All right, I'm going to go back and listen to Booker. <laughs> okay. Friday, if you can't be there in person, make sure you are listening and watching because it is going to be sheer oh. chaos. I was just going to say it's become the gong. There's going to be things lined up all day. I mean, I know. get in line, buy your tickets. Pete, the body is a little nervous with all the moving parts. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to speak freely here, real quick, too. Speak freely. Pete is dealing with the, you know a little bit of a health issue. He should be. I think he'll be okay Friday. We are. We get it, Carlos. You're here. Um, <laughs> we are in a group text where we're kind of bounty, and we're not going to reveal. There's a lot of good secrets and surprises coming up. I could do without Pete rebut, rebutting on my ideas right now. I'm just going to. Pete is listening. Pete. I've been manning the lines here for three weeks while everybody's feeding babies, organizing the show. I got this, all right? Uh, no overriding from Pete right now. So, Pete, that's your message. You're sending a message to Send the locker a message. room. Enough. I don't need that. I don't think we should do this. We're doing this, okay? And that's the end of it. Just know that that's been said. <laughs> Avery's in Michigan this morning here on the show. I really like the name Avery. In fact, we thought about that for AJ's name. Avery, good morning. Good morning, dear. How we doing, buddy? Tired but good. Tired but good. Are you up for school? I'm out. I I got out on June second. Oh, all right. You're done with school. I love it. And what grade did you just finish? Six. Going into seventh grade, huh? Yeah. Is that its own school, like a middle school or a junior high? No, we have one big school. I go to a private school. Gotcha. Okay, right on, man. Well, I appreciate you calling. What's going on? So um, I want to give a shout-out to you, DA. Thank you, sir. you were the one who inspired me to start calling this radio station. Oh, nice. And um, I want to thank you for that. Yeah, my pleasure, man. I'm glad that uh, you got the confidence to do so. And also, um, so just my sports sake for you. Yeah. Um, I think probably Nicole Jokic is going to be one of like, the face of the NBA for the next couple of years. You saw the performance he's had over the postseason. Yeah, he was incredible. So I think that could, uh, he could become a face of the NBA, except the one thing that caught me by surprise was when I heard the press, the post-game conference, and he said, I just want to go home and race my, my horse. That was <laughs> kind of cool day. Yeah, he, he wasn't really that, into this. Wasn't into the celebration, wasn't into the parade, just wanted to go back to Serbia and check out racehorses. You'd be a good guy to ask about this. I wonder if young people appreciate Jokic, if he's cool enough for kids to buy his jersey or to, you know, watch his highlights all the time. Like your friends in school, do they like Jokic or do they find him boring? So we all talk about him. We all talk about him. When um, I have conditioning sometimes and we we sometimes talk about Nikola Jokic. Okay. All right. So he's got a little bit of juice with the kids. Yeah. All right. 
Anybody have a Jokic jersey that you know? Any of your buddies? Or are they going to get Jokic mm. jerseys this summer? Not that I know of. Okay. Mainly Kate Cunningham jerseys around you? Mm-hmm. Okay. No. Well, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for getting up early for me today on a day that you don't have to go to school. What are you doing for the summer? Well, I have baseball, football conditioning, baseball conditioning, and I'm learning to rollerblade. And you're learning to rollerblade? Yep. Wow. Okay. What'd you say, Merez? I was going to say, this is the kid in Michigan I'm talking about. He's probably learning the rollerblade because he listened to Canadian Bacon. <laughs> yeah. So, Avery, you were inspired by Canadian Bacon to the pickup rollerblading? Actually, no. Um, my public gave <laughs> Shocking. me a brand new pair of rollerblades that he never used. Oh, nice. All and right, man. That's cool. And the last time he used them was 2002. All right. Nice. So they're 20-year-old rollerblades, but at least Pretty they've, much. they've never been used. All right. Well, Avery, thank you for the phone call, brother. Keep checking in, man. And thank you so much for the call. All right. See you, DJ. Okay, buddy. Memories. Wouldn't you love to put yourself back in a time machine and go into the summer before seventh grade? Oh. When what your biggest concerns are baseball camp football camp and learning how to rollerblade oh oh oh, oh, oh man get me back there right now <sighs> wiffle ball and wrestling figure ice cream oh. bars oh oh man oh it all goes downhill after eighth grade oh somebody finding their dad's first porno collection oh. hey hey avery's listening <laughs> i know what avery and his friends are doing this summer Bubble tape, Gatorade, and baseball stars at Nintendo. Oh. Oh. NHL 94 all day long. Oh. That was right around the time that my cousin and I discovered Steakums. And it was kind of the first food we could cook for ourselves. And Steakums are these little frozen, kind of like Philly cheesesteak steaks. And you pop them out of the freezer. You put a little oil in the pan. You throw them on the pan, and then they they thaw, they defrost, and then you have a little bit of a, a, a cheesesteak. You make some toast. If you don't have a roll in the house, you throw some white bread in the toaster. You put it on the on the toast. You put ketchup on it, and it's a steak sandwich. Oh. And we that was our first cooking. And so it was like, let's go play wiffle ball. Let's come and have steakums, crush some Gatorade or something, and go play video games. That's the life, man. Oh, That's me God, on Thursday. Is that good? That's the life. That's Carlos on Thursday. <laughs> That's Connor Green every day. Exactly. <laughs> when we come back here on the show, fatherhood at the movies, and we're stunned to a news. DA, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Rule tape. Wait a minute. Why do you want that beer so bad? Because he's thirsty, dummy. Too many troublemakers here. Too many, uh... 40-year-old adolescents, felons, power drinkers, and trustees of modern chemistry. Now answer my question. Were you rushing or were you dragging? Answer! From the minds that brought you mothership at the movies, he's bleary-eyed, he's mixing formula, and he's sifting through the Roku channel at 4 a.m. Now's the time. We present Fatherhood at the Movies. You look like a dad who lost his kid at Coachella. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. Now, I came into the nursery after the show yesterday, or two days ago, and the bourbon bell goes, you've lost him on Fatherhood of the Movies. What do you mean? She goes, the guys don't like it. I go, how do you know? She goes, the faces. I can see their faces because she's watching the simulcast as I do the show. She's like, they're bored. I go, yeah, it's kind of dragging, isn't it? She goes, yeah, they're just not into it. You can tell on Bogus and Mraz's face. So I said, okay, I got to sauce this up a little bit. I'll just actually disagree with her. That's not what my face was about. My face was about I didn't like the grade on any of your <laughs> Okay. But I can't speak for Bogus, but personally, I finally got to the point where I saw movies, the last one. Uh, on Monday, we did it. Yeah. Right? Those were all movies I've seen, and I basically completely disagreed with your opinion and take on all of them. Okay. And then I didn't know where we were going if I should just crush your take. Yeah, no, you're allowed to crush the yeah. take. No, I, I actually hated your opinion on every one of those oh, movies. Okay. That's, right. That was my face. I thought maybe the segment was dragging, so I've, I've added a little wrinkle in here. Okay. We're going to do seven through four, and then the final fatherhood of the movies probably tomorrow will be my top three. I've got an NFL team comparison for all of the movies. Now I think I might hate this segment. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven, I saw Air. Okay, this is the story of Nike's wooing of Michael Jordan and trying to change sneakerdom, as it were. And this is a, a relatively new movie, right? Last couple of months, I would say. Maybe last calendar I think year? It came, no, I think it came out in April. It's okay. very, it's very recent. Last couple of months. Yes. Last couple of, of months. Air follows the history of sports marketing executive Sonny Vaccaro and how he led Nike in its pursuit of the greatest athlete in the history of basketball, Michael Jordan. I was severely disappointed in this. 
It only came at number seven of my 14 films watched. The thing I liked, look, it's based in the mid-80s. You think nostalgia, DA, mid-80s, right there for me. But I found it incredibly cheesy and unrealistic in the type of nostalgia trafficked in. There's a scene in there where Jason Bateman's in the middle of his executive decision or, or meeting, and he cites Mr. T. There's a, <laughs> there's a scene where somebody at Nike has a Ghostbusters bumper sticker on their desk. Like, those things didn't happen. You don't have to do that to, to, to paint this as the mid-'80s. I also really, really hated Matt Damon as Sonny Vaccaro, and here's why. Matt Damon as an actor is fantastic. Affleck and Damon are a great combination. But Sonny Vaccaro is a street urchin. Sonny Vaccaro, as a, a player in basketball, is a revolutionary because he is completely rogue. He is a guy that dealt with the underworld of sneakers and AAU and high school basketball. And Matt Damon has none of that. Matt Damon is just a white bread guy that shops late nights at 7-Eleven. So the, the, Sonny Vaccaro is a remarkably controversial figure in basketball. And when you, when you have Matt Damon, it gives you none of that. I thought... If you had no idea who Sonny Vaccaro was, maybe it works because you just look at Matt Damon. If you know Sonny Vaccaro, it's so far from him that it was aggravating to me the entire show because it's like that's not who Vaccaro is. Vaccaro is still battling the NCAA. Like Matt Damon just kind of like goes into the sunset. Also, in this, you know, I mean, it's a fine story, but it's – so unrealistic in this idea that Sonny Vaccaro has to kind of discover Michael Jordan. He's got to convince people of Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was a national championship winner. He was a two-time All-American. He was the ACC Player of the Year. Most people thought he should be the number one pick in the draft, except Hakeem was in that draft, and then Sam Bowie was, at the time, you want a big man. But it's not like he was being discovered. It was just about who had the most money. And so there, there's this battling narrative in it where Vaccaro knows how great he is, but he's got to convince everybody around him of how great Michael Jordan is and has this come-to-Jesus moment when he watches the 1982 National Championship game and says, look, he wanted the basketball. And it's like an aha, he wanted the final shot. We all knew that. Michael Jordan was an effervescent, next-level celebrity coming out of college. So... Damon or Vaccaro in this instance, quote, discovering him, I thought is is totally, it's misleading. I like Affleck movies. I generally really like Affleck movies. This one, because I knew too much about the background, bothered me. This one reminded me of the AFC West. A lot of hype, and it was very successful in that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, but overall lacked a lot of what I thought was going to be great. Raz, what'd you think? I, I have not seen the movie, and I the first time I've ever heard the name Sonny Vaccaro in my life, so I think I might actually like it. Wow. I hate to be that disappointing, but yeah. I can't find anybody that wants to watch this movie with me. Hmm. Wife not interested, dad not interested. Well, yeah, because also it's like a sneaker story. Yeah. I mean, 
Who cares? So as the resident sneakerhead at the station, I actually do want to watch this movie. I offered to watch the movie with you because I'm, I, I'm wearing Jordans right now. I have over 100 pair of Jordans. I'm a sneaker guy. This is I didn't ask for this movie. I was not interested in it, but I will watch it because I want to just kind of get the backstory behind it. I'm it, good. That's weird. So now Marez is out. It checks that box, though, for sneakerheads today, which is why it was a smart movie to make. It's Michael Jordan. It's the 80s. It's sneaker fandom. But, okay, so I gave it a 3-2-5 oinks. <laughs> So I did see this movie. I don't know what the six are coming before it, so I don't know the full context of your ranking, but I definitely liked it more than you did. Had the same Matt Damon skepticism. That seems to be the basketball world's response to this, that it's like Matt didn't look into who Sonny Vaccaro was. Like, that's not... And, and the script didn't either. Well, but so... I mean, I don't know how factually incorrect the story is. Like, I think the yeah. idea that they, the convincing that Sonny Vaccaro did in the movie is apparently the convincing that he had to do in real life that Nike was not prepared to put all of its money behind one player. And that's the fight that he fought. And the fight that he won is that instead of giving five guys X amount of money, he gave it all to Jordan. It wasn't that nobody understood like or misunderstood Jordan. It was that they didn't believe in putting all their eggs in one basket. But in the film, and that's what he had to do. Yeah, and in the film though, there's a lot of skepticism around whether Michael Jordan's really going to be good and what his genius really is. Right, but again, you, you you're trying to sell somebody on Jordan being the greatest of all time and winning six titles. I think you would have at he's 19, 20 years old. There would have been a little pushback. Yeah, but I I do think that there was a lot of liberties being taken in. Like, they go into the original pitch session and nobody even brings up Michael Jordan because the guy's sleeping through it. One well, guy they think they up. say he's going to go to con. Like, they don't think they can get him. I think that's where that comes from, is that he's already linked to Adidas. But they bring up John Stockton multiple times. Like, nobody was looking at John Stockton with the 23rd pick as, like, a real sneaker pusher. I mean, so there was liberties taken. Okay, number four, or no, number six, rather. This is a movie I think you guys probably liked. Mraz, this is right up your alley. Pop star with Andy Samberg. Oh, no, I've never heard of this movie. Never seen it. Wow, okay, so Andy Samberg plays a Justin Bieber-type character, and this is the Lonely Island guys, the yes. SNL digital short guys. It's called Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping. When it becomes clear that his solo album is a failure, a former boy band member does everything in his power to maintain his celebrity status. Playing a bit of a, a Bieber-type character, he realizes this solo album is crashing and burning, and he's kind of delusional about his celebrity, and so he doesn't believe that it's not working, and everybody's kind of telling him, but softly, because they're dancing around, you know, the, the huge superstar. And it's... A Lonely Island SNL Andy Samberg kind of take on the modern pop star. Oh, that has potential to be very funny. Really, really funny. I went into it going like, eh, I wonder how this is. The Lonely Island guys have done a lot of good stuff. I can list off all the SNL digital shorts, but we know them all. And it being a Bieber spoof, very good. It's not something that you sit down and you're like, this is the best comedy I've ever seen. <laughs> but all of those guys are really funny. And Samberg as kind of a broken, delusional Justin Bieber, really good. I, I compared this to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Young, 
interesting, pleasantly surprised, higher on the list, farther in the playoffs than I would have given them credit for before the season. That got a four oinks from me. That's four oinks. Just to be clear, now we're going to everything here must be four oinks or better. Correct. Yeah. Now that's drama. That's drama. Number five. If you're a Star Wars fan, you get this. If not, you don't. Merez is not a Star Wars guy. I watch Solo. This is the Han Solo mm-hmm. edition of Star Wars. Is, is Jake into Star Wars? Uh, not. Re- I mean, not against it, but we've seen this one. Okay, so this was made in 2018. Board the Millennium Falcon and journey into a galaxy far, far away in an epic action adventure that will set the course of one of the Star, star Wars saga's most unlikely heroes. Han Solo is one of the biggest stars of the Star Wars universe. His origin story, interesting. I was in on the early iterations of the Star Wars reboots. I started to fade with some of the later ones. There became too many of them too quickly. I think the studios realized we're doing too much of these. We flooded the market. So I kind of missed this one on the front end. I thought it was good. I thought it was kind of surprisingly good. The the star that that leads it Alden Ehrenike? Ehrenike? I don't know how to pronounce his name. Was really good as a young Han Solo and loved Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. Loved him. Interesting aliens, interesting fighting throughout, you know, space. The Millennium Falcon is cool. Chewbacca's always cool. It just had a lot to like. I didn't think it was on Empire Strikes Back level. It wasn't one of the great Star Wars movies of all time, but it did the series proud generally. I thought that at times Woody Harrelson in a Star Wars movie lost me. You know, I I don't know. They have all these kind of unknown actors, which gets you to ignore the fact that you kind of know what's happening. And so, you know, you're, you're learning a whole new universe. And then you have Woody Harrelson in there, and I can't stop thinking about Cheers. <laughs> so... That lost me. But overall, I gave Solo a pretty good grade. They were my 49ers. little nostalgia there. Used to be good. They're good again. Kind of ham and egg their way through a good, solid performance. Again, probably better than I would have expected. Also, a four-oinker. Slightly better than Pop Stars 4 because of the cinematography, four the graphics. <laughs> What's that? Four and a tenth is bogus looks for that? Maybe 4.10 oinks. Finally, number four. And you guys are not going to like this because it's an older movie and I've seen it before. And so it's going to seem like, okay, of course, DA, you just go back to your favorite films. But it was one of those nights where I couldn't find anything on any streaming service that I really liked. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen this film in a long time. Detroit Rock City. This was made in 1999, so it's more than 20 years old. In 1978, four rebellious teenagers scam their way into a KISS concert. This is led by Edward Furlong, and it's pure 70s nostalgia. Now, this is before my time, but they're huge KISS fans. They go to high school. They have their tickets to the concert for KISS stolen from them. And now, actually, they're taken and burned, I think, by one of the moms that think it's a satanic ritual or something like that to go to KISS. And now they've got to go on an adventure to Detroit to find new tickets for this concert. And 
It's just a really great, cartoonishly fun, nostalgic look at Kiss, an interesting time in pop culture, an interesting band, and with a really good cast. And I had seen it a couple of times And a before. great soundtrack, too. And a great late 70s soundtrack. And Kiss itself is just super interesting because, I mean, we don't really have bands that dress up in crazy makeup and long tongues and fireworks and pyrotechnics. And it's just, there's so much glam and craziness to Kiss. And they just do the 70s really well in this. They do it with a wink and a nod of kind of the corniness of it. That I watched it and watched it again probably for the fifth time. This is probably the first time in 20 years. But I saw it a bunch early because I really liked it. And it crushes again. So give me 425. This was my Bengals Steelers. Steelers because it was a throwback to the 70s. The Steelers were great in the 70s. They weren't that great this year. But the Bengals, you know what? You you, re, you run it back. They went to the Super Bowl. You think they can't do it again. You rewatch Detroit Rock, Rock City 15 years later, and it still holds up. They got back to the AFC Championship game. And you, you've seen it. You like it. I actually really liked it. I probably seen as you. I haven't seen it in years, but I remember loving Detroit Rock City and thinking the soundtrack was great. I was into it. So I applaud a four oinker plus on this. Okay, very good. I'm happy I saw one out of this bunch. Yeah, there you go. Bourbon Bell's not going to like this. Four through seven. Tomorrow we'll do the top three, and we'll put you guys out of your misery. Wow, not going to space it out till Monday, huh? I don't know. Do we want to keep this gag going until Monday? Do we want to do it back-to-back days? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good point. I say do two and three tomorrow and number one on Friday. Oh. That's actually not terrible. A live reveal. Okay. That's a good idea. Put it out there. Yeah, it's a good idea. Run it by Pete first. Anything happens to Bob's run by Pete. We don't have time for the stun, but we do have time for the update. And it's sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. Insured a lot of things. So bundled today at Progressive.com. The Stanley Cup, the latest celebrity to take up residency in Las Vegas. The Golden Knights taking hockey's throne with a 9-3 rout of the Panthers in Game 5 in Sin City last night. Mark Stone scored three. Jack Eichel assisted on three. Vegas wins the Cup in its sixth season, the fastest by a true expansion team in NHL history. The Oilers won in year five, but they were coming from the WHL and had Wayne Gretzky. Now, it wouldn't have mattered last night, but the Panthers didn't have their best player forward. Matthew Kachuk, head coach Paul Maurice, revealing postgame Kachuk suffered a broken sternum in game three. He gutted it out through game four when... He didn't dress himself for the game. Somebody helped him get his gear on. Somebody tied his skates. Somebody put a sweater on for him. He played but did not recover well enough to suit up last night. Maybe Kachuk could recover for a Game 7, but that doesn't matter anymore. The Giants have reportedly re-offered Saquon Barkley a contract recently. Earlier rumors pegged that offer at roughly 13 mil annually. They have until mid-July to figure out a long-term deal or have Barkley sign his franchise tag tender or maybe... He does the Le'Veon Bell plan and sits out the entire season. Baseball last night, the A's pushed their win streak to 7-2-1 over the Rays with almost 28,000 angry fans in attendance. Again, a reverse boycott with the team poised to move to Vegas. The Nevada Senate approving $380 million of public funding for a Vegas stadium yesterday. DA, back to you. 
Thank you, folks. When we come back, did the Heat avoid a Kyrie Irving-sized bullet? DA, CBS Sports Radio. We are owning the gaming To Madagascar hissing cockroaches. We are allowed to name them whatever it is that we want for the low, low price of $15. Unless you supersize to the bigger package, which, of course, I did. (laughs) Okay, 51 minutes past the hour. Thanks so much for being with us. You can always stream us on your phone using the CBS Sports app or the free Odyssey app. Back in February, the Heat made an offer for Kyrie at the trade deadline. And Miami plans to star hunt this offseason, according to Brian Windhorse. The... Heat reportedly made an offer to the Nets for Kyrie Irving. Unclear what that trade offer included. Ultimately, he landed with the Dallas Mavericks. The Heat dodged a huge bullet. There's no way they make the NBA Finals with Kyrie. None. Because the whole reason the Heat made the Finals was that they were greater than the sum of their parts. That Jimmy Butler's the ultimate team-first superstar. He never asked for all the attention all of the glory, all of the credit. He kept talking about his teammates, how much he was appreciative of the chance of the organization. He wasn't focused on anything but that. And then you had all these other role guys just step up and thrive. Would Gabe Vincent have had the games he did at the Eastern Conference Finals if Kyrie Irving was in? No chance. Max Struess, Caleb Martin, There's no way Duncan Robinson has the days that he did in the NBA playoffs if Kyrie Irving is on the floor. And Kyrie certainly would not have been pulling in the same direction at all times. Eric Spolstra is incredibly respected inside that organization. Do we assume that Kyrie Irving is just going to sit there, smile, and listen to Spo no matter what happens, no matter what the game plan is? No chance. So the Heat dodged an enormous bullet by not getting Kyrie, and they were rewarded by getting all the way to the the NBA Finals. Secondly, they should not look at Kyrie this offseason because they struck out on him a couple of months ago. They should look at Damian Lillard. Lillard is the antithesis of Kyrie Irving. Lillard will be a team guy. Lillard will listen to Spo. Lillard will appreciate being part of a good culture. Lillard can be a winner. So if you are the Heat and you're going out there and you're wondering which star do we want to bring in or if we can, you ignore Kyrie Irving and you focus on Dame time. On Twitter, Spark Gang or Sparks Gang says, DA, can you ask Carlos with a K what his favorite pair of Jordans are that he has in his collection? YouTube was wondering. Uh, the Air Jordan 1 Chicago colorway. And which ones are those? Uh, the Basically the iconic one, the the red, white, and black. Okay. Those were reissued, I guess, a couple oh, of years Oh, they come ago. out a bunch of times. I have the uh, pair from 2015. 2015. There you go. So you have 100 pairs of Jordans. So at one point, and uh, my wife can attest to this, it's a major problem. I, I, I certainly know I need help. I had over 300 pairs of sneakers. 300? Yes. I'm, I'm in the middle of a massive purge. I'm slightly above 100. Uh, so I got rid of a lot of sneakers because, A, I didn't have the room, and, B, I needed the money. And so you're selling them on eBay or some type of sneaker? Uh, yeah, like, you know, Poshmark or, you know, I'm in a, a sneaker little online community, so people will just buy them off of me. Are there sneakers that you own that you've never worn? 
Yes, guarantee it. Wow. How about that? That is some hobby I cannot relate to. If at I was all. going to Bob's Bar, I would have broke out a fresh pair for you guys. But no, uh, no, someone's got to work. Oh, enough. <laughs> Pete, the body is Carlos with a K on the board for us on Friday's show. When we come back on the show, Jokic is bummed about his parade. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. network. 